Folks, have you checked out the Irish History Podcast shop recently? Right now, I have a sale of 30% off everything when you use the code SALE30. So go to irishhistorypodcast.ie forward slash shop and get 30% off everything when you use the discount code SALE30. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to the Irish History Podcast. My name is Finn DeWire and this is A History of the Knights Templar in Ireland. This episode looks at a forgotten chapter in our history, the story of the Knights Templar on the island. The podcast is from a much longer interview with Maeve Callan, which is available on Acast Plus. But in this show, you'll hear the intriguing early history of these warrior monks in Ireland. Founded in the midst of the Crusades, they played a crucial role in the Christian attempts to carve out a medieval kingdom in the Middle East during the late Middle Ages. When this ended in defeat with the fall of the city of Acre in 1291, a new and even more sensational chapter in the history of the Templars began. Within 20 years, they found themselves in a bitter conflict with one of the most ruthless men of the age, Philip the Fair, the King of France. This would lead to the dramatic downfall of the Templars, a story which has inspired countless works of fiction and more than a few conspiracies. But the real history of these events is more intriguing than any novel. Now while we associate the Templars with the Middle East, in this podcast I interview Maeve Callan, an expert in the history of the Templars in Ireland. Maeve explains how they had a long history on the island which came to a sensational end when the order was disbanded in the dramatic events of the early 14th century that led to their downfall. This episode is an exclusive excerpt from the full interview which is available now on Acast Plus. Acast Plus is a new feature where listeners like you support my research and work and in return get hours of exclusive bonus episodes. These include podcasts on topics such as the life of Charles Edward Trevelyan, the Land War and the story of Alexander Pierce, the notorious Irish cannibal convict. There's hours of exclusive extra episodes already there and more being added all the time. Each month as an Acast Plus listener you'll also get access to a bonus episode where I interview historians. Only available to supporters of the show, these are deep dives into fascinating chapters in Irish history like the intriguing story of the Knights Templar, part of which you're about to hear. 
The icing on the cake of Acast Plus is that all your episodes over there, both exclusive shows and regular content, will be ad-free. You can sign up really easily right now and get the full interview on the Knights Templar and these exclusive features by following the links to Acast Plus in the show notes below. Finally, I want to say I know these have been very difficult times for us all and you're being asked left, right and centre to support the shows you listen to. So I really appreciate your support. It means a lot. Now, without further ado, the story of the Knights Templar. This excerpt begins when I asked my guest, Maeve Callan, to explain the background of the order. They originated around 1119, some will say 1118, some will say 1120. Um, They are arising specifically in the context of Jerusalem and the idea of what Western European Christians consider winning back the Holy Land for Christ. Um, The first crusade was called in 1095, so this is about 25 years after the first crusade. And so um, there had been a long tradition of going on pilgrimage to the Middle East and, um, and you know, going to see where Jesus lived and died and resurrected and the church began and all of that. Um, and uh, there was some sense that the Templars were going to protect these pilgrims, but also participate in the Crusades. Um, so they things went well, uh, I mean, by their standards um, for them in the 12th century and for the Crusades were much more successful in the 12th century than they ever were afterwards. Um, And they, I mean, success, you know, obviously is a relative definition and there's lots to criticize there, but as far as like winning property or or gaining land and that sort of thing and being victorious in battle, they were much more successful in the 12th century. And they, in the 13th century, they were losing um, what they'd won. And by 1291, they had lost their last bit of land that they had, that they had possession of. And so the Templars were kicked out of the Holy Land. I mean, so were other crusaders, you know, it wasn't just the Templars. Um, So the Templars were uh, from the outset, a combination of monk and warrior, which is very, they're, they're at odds with each other. I mean, obviously both were really essential for medieval European culture. You, the way they understood what was important in their lives, you needed both monks and you needed warriors, but you would think that they were two very separate roles. Um, And here you have them combined as one. Um, And in addition to that, they took on a third role that also seems very different from both of those two roles. And that is um, the role of banker. So they had um, temple houses um, or preceptories, and you could use that if you were not a Templar. I mean, if you were a Templar, you could too, but um, to outsiders, they could store their wealth with the Templars. And then they could arrange to withdraw that wealth from other temple houses. And they were, the Templars were throughout Western European Christendom. So this gave the Templars access to a lot of um, wealth and further power in addition to being um, military monks. So now one of the things is that there, there were anti-usury laws. So you couldn't, the way one of the, one of the ways bankers make money today is through charging interest, you know, various rates for loaning money and things like that. And you can't do that, but you can still charge fees and other things associated with um, gaining wealth from other people's wealth. So at 1291, they had failed in what was supposed to be um, their primary purpose, which is, again, you can't see I'm doing quotation marks on Zoom or or, or the podcast, but winning back the Holy Land for Christ, which is how the propaganda that Western European um, Christians told themselves. 
Um, so it was seen as a judgment of, of God that they failed. If they had been virtuous, if they had been the kind of people God wanted um, to have possession of the Holy Land, then they would have succeeded. So there was a sense that if they failed, it was their fault in some way, and they were morally suspect. Given our discussion focused on the order in Ireland, I asked Maeve to paint a picture of Irish society at this time. You know, one of the answers that I think my students tend to hate what I say all the time, but they, whenever they ask a question, the answer is always, well, it depends. You know, there's never just a simple, straightforward answer. So the question is, where, when, um, at what time, among whom in a particular group. But so uh, the time of the Templars, so basically you're going from uh, 1119 to 1312, because uh, 1312 is when the order is formally dissolved and suppressed. Um, and that period of time was incredibly transitional for Ireland. Um, I mean, really what time isn't, but that is like, we're still feeling the effects of that time today, that, that, that packed punch in a lot of ways. And, um, you know, the, the major event that people will point to is, uh, the invasion of the Anglo-Normans or the English or whatever word people like to use for the people and the bigger islands to the East who invaded Ireland. Um, and that obviously is very, very, one of the most significant events in Irish history, all told. And so uh, for about 80, 90, 100 years, they, the English, as we can call them at some point during this time, um, in Ireland were much more successful in controlling the island. And But then in the middle of the 13th century, the Irish started winning back their land more and more and more. And so when we get to the beginning of the 14th century, which is when the um, Templar trial takes place, then the English really are only controlling pockets of the the island. Um, And even in the areas where the English are controlling things, um, a lot of them have sort of, as the expression is in certain places, gone native. They've adopted Irish customs. They've adopted Irish language. They're, they're um, you know, more Irish culturally than they are um, similar to people back in England. Ireland is really a land divided as far as the Irish controlling more and more areas and the um, land the, the land where the colony and the native Irish mate is, is what gets called a, a land of war. Um, they're constantly skirmishing and doing things. Um, so there's a lot of violence that goes on between the invaders slash colonizers and the native Irish. Then we moved on to the history of the Knights Templar in Ireland and may have began by explaining how they probably arrived in the entourage of Henry II the first king of England to visit Ireland when he arrived in 1171. They may have come as part of Henry's entourage when he was here in 1171, 1172, but we don't know that for sure. Um, the first record we have of a Templar in Ireland is in 1177, and he's just noted as, I think his name is Matthew, and he's Matthew the Templar. There's this all the information that we have about him. Then in 1185, um, we have Walter Templar of Clontarf. And so um, Clontarf is, is um, you know, just to the north of Dublin there. And it is, it's a Templar house. By that time, there's a house already, the mi- and meaning um, like, a, like a monastery kind of thing, but for Templars. Um, so we know they had a house from that point on. I think there's been about 
45 Templar houses in Ireland that have been identified. Um, there might be more on that. I have to check on the number, but um, and there most of them are concentrated in the more obvious colonial areas. There's really only one um, that's in Sligo um, that would seem to be much further outside of the colony, although there were colonists there at one point. And it's an interesting point of history that uh, according to the historical record, as far as like the textual record goes, all of the Templar houses were really controlled and, and housed and founded and everything by colonists, not native Irish people. But there is a, apparently a family tradition um, that says that a, a native Irish person um, was the original person who granted the land of Temple House, but there's no like documentary evidence to back that up. Um, the main things that we know uh, about Templars are like in letters that reference what the king wants Templars to do or to not do. And they seem really more like lords than anything else. Like, like in addition to being monks who are also soldiers, they're also bankers. And then they're also basically like farmer lords too. Um, but we can't know for sure um, like how they lived their lives. The other major military order of warrior monks, the Knights Hospitaller, were also active in Ireland and they played a major role in the governance of the Norman colony on the island, with several members of that order holding high office. However, as Maeve now explains, the Templars were somewhat different and acted in a more withdrawn fashion. They do not seem as integrated into the administration of the colony, even as the um, Hospitallers do. And so the, the Hospitallers are the other main military order, and um, they were much more integrated into the government administration in Ireland, and they also provided military service, as you would expect a military order to be. But whenever we see references to Templars and mil military service in Ireland, they're always protecting their right not to be involved in that, which is very curious, because that's supposed to be their main purpose, is to be as military orders. Um, but in Ireland, they didn't participate that, in that. So it's, it's quite curious. They're, they're different. The Templars in Ireland seem very different, um, even to the um, hospitalers in Ireland. And then they seem very different than Templars in England or in Scotland or definitely in France or elsewhere. If you want to hear the full interview with historian Maeve Callan, that covers the sensational and spectacular downfall of the Templars in Ireland, Check out the links for Acast Plus below. It's all there. And as I said, you also get hours of episodes you haven't heard before. And all that content is ad-free. Until next time, Sloan. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.